1: Yeah, just watching the practice. You know, you guys are out there, too. You can see it. It's quicker. It's faster. It's uh, more precise. And, again, that comes down to his experience and his work ethic. He's worked really hard at it. All right, that is the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, talking about Justin Fields and the uh, development of the young man, and he's still a very young man, has a lot of expectations on Bears football, and that is rising by the moment, with training camp just around the corner. And joining us, when you think of pro football conversation, you think of Hubarkush of six seventy. The score, Hub,
2: how you doing? Chuck, I am good. How are you, buddy?
1: Good. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, we go way back to four decades talking <laughs> football. So why not talk football on June thirtieth? So uh, Hub, yeah. at this point, I want to ask you a question because. You know, there's whether it's the dry cleaners or whether it's the guy that you know I get the papers from, and or the Starbucks. I mean, they're all hyped about the Bears, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I love it because I'm a huge Bears fan. I eat, live, and breathe Bears football during the fall and the winter. But do I need to pump the brakes, or is it legit that I should be excited?
2: Well, no, I think there's excitement about the fact that this is a complete rebuild. This team is starting from scratch. They've added a lot of new parts and some exciting players. And I understand why people are excited. I guess I approach it a little differently, though. I think people are, you know, badly overrating this football team. I think ba- people are badly overrating where Justin Fields is at right now. I think people are badly overrating the level of talent at, at most positions. That said, there's a lot of new players. There's a lot of young players. They're going to get better. I think that they were probably talent-wise better than a 3-14 and 14 team last year, and so I have reason to expect that they're going to be significantly better than a 3-14 and 14 team this year. But when I hear people, the division, you know, and, and to be a playoff team and, and, and that Justin Fields is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFC, that's all people overreacting. And, you know, you just got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit, take a step back, and give these kids a chance to develop. Let's get to training camp. Let's see what they can do there. Uh, I think by the middle of this season, we're going to have a pretty good handle on where Justin Fields is at. We don't right now. And uh, certainly at the same time, probably the rest of the roster too. All right. Well,
1: I want to get into something that you touched upon because I'm speaking now from my heart and for the passion I have for the Bears and maybe probably not common sense. So, I mean, what what type of talent are we looking at on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? Let's say they, they go into training camp with a personnel they currently have constructed with the roster. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would the Bears rank in terms of just personnel?
2: On a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, right now I'd call it a 5 because so many of them are still young and, and you know, a lot, of, a lot of new rookies. And we haven't seen them play yet until they get a chance to develop We're not going to know how good they are. But I think if you want to be realistic about this, the place to start, who are the veteran talents on this team that you would build a roster around? And I think you're going to have a hard time coming up with a name, you know, other than maybe a couple of the free agents that they signed. And so that's what makes this so tricky right now. What's exciting, though, is that they've got a lot of good young athletes a lot of kids who have the ability to become very good players. And I think that's where the excitement and the focus should be as this season gets underway.
1: Uh, All right, well, let's break down this club then. And since we're on the subject of quarterback, let's talk about Justin Fields. What are you anticipating out of his game that he will improve upon in 2023 and some of the things he must have this season?
2: Well, you know, Chuck, I, I think just experience, just, you know, another year, Being the starter, there's no question about who the starter is. There's no competition. He can focus on doing what he has to do to run the team. That's the quarterback's job. He's got to be the guy who is in charge of everything, not only on offense, but in the locker room and, and, you know, during the week, pretty much both sides of the football and and, and how he develops in that category is going to be really important. I think when you look at Justin Fields, the football player, he's got really good size for the position. He's got great athletic ability. We know that he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe the best running quarterback in the NFL right now. What he has not shown is that he is an NFL passer yet. He's got the arm strength, but he's not reading the field well enough yet. He's not reading defenses well enough, and he hasn't shown great accuracy. And I think a lot of excuses were made for him last season by claiming that, you know, they were terrible at wide receiver. They weren't terrible at wide receiver. They weren't good at wide receiver, but I mean, it wasn't all the wide receiver has a chance to be a really good tight end. And he wasn't used properly or efficiently. And a lot of that is because Justin Fields is learning how to play the position. So What people have to do is be realistic, be patient. He has, again, the athletic ability, and I think he has the character. I really like his smarts. I like his leadership abilities. I like his work ethic. I think that he's got all the tools you want for a guy who can become your franchise quarterback. But, you know, Chuck, we've been doing this a long time, and, and one of the things that you learn early, and if you're smart you don't forget it, is that quarterback, it's more about the mental aspect than the physical aspect. And a lot of that is God-given. A lot of that is what you're born with. You can get better at it. But if you don't have the natural instincts to read defenses, to know when to get rid of the football, to get rid of the football quickly enough, you're not going to be a franchise quarterback. And we don't know that yet about Justin Fields. And that's what I'm really anxious and excited to see during training camp and during the first four, five, six, seven games of the season.
1: Right, because there's a lot riding on this, not only to find out what he's got as far as the – development uh, of a quarterback, but also that contract situation is looming hub.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, it is. And you know, Chuck, I'm impressed with the kind of season off season. I should say that, that Ryan Poles has had. Uh, It's far too early, much like Justin Fields, it's far too early to know what kind of a GM he's going to be. Uh, I think he's qualified for the job, even though he is young. Uh, And yet I really like the way he has handled this off season. I like the way, he approached the quarterback situation. I love the trade. He has two first-round picks that probably are going to be top 10 picks. Next year, 2024, is already being talked about as one of the best quarterback classes of all time, not just the kid from, from USC, but, but there's four or five players that are going to be amongst the top 10 or 11 picks. If Justin Fields doesn't develop, if he doesn't arrive, they are in position to get the guy they need next year. So he, he took care of that first, and I think that was really smart. Then he added a number one wide receiver in making the trade. You, you know, and, and, and I think in adding, you know, this young man, you know, and then you hope that, that Claypool gets healthy and learns the system and plays well. Uh, you know, you, help that, you hope that Darnell Mooney can be healthy. He's, he's more than a number three. And so you've got three really good wide receivers to start with. and Then you've got the kid that they drafted. You know, you, you, you look at this kid um, and, and, you know, you talk about him and he's got the speed that they, you know, in Tyler, Tyler Scott, you've now got the speed that has been missing that they haven't had. And so, you know, Fields is going to have all the weapons. They also have a chance to have a pretty good running game. They had a good running game last year. That was not a problem. And it wasn't just him. And, you know, I don't, I think you have to assume that Deontay Foreman was signed to be the starter on day one, but they hope that Khalil Herbert claims that position. And, and, you know, Khalil Herbert, Led the NFL among running backs in average yards per carry at 5.7 last year. He, as a runner, you may have a special running back in him. So, you've, and then they've upgraded the offensive line. The offensive line, I think, is much better just starting the season. Just you know, with the the addition of Nate Davis, and you know, with the you know, you're, you're not talking about a left tackle and Braxton Jones going into his second year who's going to get better. with a very good rookie year. Cody Whitehair is going to be set at center. Uh, I'm excited about Darnell right at right tackle. So they've got all the tools that they need for this offense to, to make a, a, a big step forward. And, and, you know, now it's just about letting these young people develop and, and seeing how good the coaching is and, and and seeing how quickly, you know, they can arrive and become difference makers.
1: The great Hub Arkush is with us on 670 The Score. You hear from Hub tons during the course of the NFL season talking Bears football right here. On 670, the score. But I want to talk about D.J. Moore for a moment, who came over, obviously, in the Carolina deal that uh, brought the number one pick to the Panthers. D.J. Moore, is he, would you say, a first top-tier wide receiver, an elite, elite wide receiver? Are we looking at a really, really, really good wide receiver but not a number one 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 guy?
2: I, I think he is a solid number one receiver. Uh, I think he's an exciting player. He has not shown in five years in the league that he's elite. That's a category that maybe, you know, five, six receivers in the entire league qualify for. And Moore has not shown that yet, but there are a lot of Super Bowl winning teams that haven't had elite wide receivers as long as they have solid one, two, and three. And in DJ Moore, they have a solid number one. You know, in five years in the league, he's already got over 5,000 yards receiving. He's had over 1,000 three of the last four seasons. And and, and so, yes, he is a a legit number one. And they did not have that. I I think that Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney both have the ability to be solid number twos. Uh, You know, and and if it turns out that Mooney is your number three, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, And so now you've got the weapons you need at the position. Do you have an elite wide receiver? We haven't seen that yet from DJ. Moore. No, let's not forget that he was with an offense that struggled in a lot of ways in Carolina. And maybe as the offense evolves and gets better, he will continue to improve. He's only 26 years old, you know, and so he may have better football in him. I'm excited with the trade and that they have him. I think it was the right move, but um, you know, just realistically, no, you, you can't really call him an elite wide receiver yet.
1: Okay. Well, I think the jury is out. I think this is a very critical year for Claypool, because I think, you know, uh, everyone knows, okay, you gave up a second round pick and, you know, the bears remain very high on him, but number one, he's got to stay healthy hub. And secondly, he's got to be consistent. I mean, you know, I I liked him coming out of college in the draft, but Pittsburgh doesn't make too many mistakes. And when they do make a mistake, they rectify it pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I want to see this kid do well. and He's still a kid. But he's got to show me something, Hub.
2: No, you're absolutely right, Chuck. I, and, and he's got to stay healthy. That's obviously the key. But what people forget about Chase Kudalapal is that he had a pretty good rookie year. He had over 800 yards receiving. I I want to say eight or nine touchdowns. I'm doing that from memory. I know it's not what it used to be. But he had a really good rookie year. He then had some injury problems. He did not play as well. year three, as you pointed out, it was time for them, for Vittsburg to move on. And, and they, they they made a good trade. I mean, you know, they, they, they got a good price for him, uh, you know, based on what he had done his first three years in the league. I think that Chase Claypool, you know, he has the size and athletic abilities to be a number one wide receiver. He could still develop into that, but I don't think you're even hoping for that or asking for that right now. Just be a really solid number two, a really dangerous weapon, where teams are trying to figure out a way to stop D.J. Moore. And don't forget, I keep coming back to Cole Komet at tight end, who I think has a chance to be a really good tight end. Absolutely. The the Bears have enough weapons now at receiver that if Claypool can stay healthy and go back to where he was his rookie year in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, they could be in pretty good shape. The flip side, though, is that the the, the struggles of the last two seasons have to be a concern, and and he may not make it. You know, Chuck, we've been doing this a long time, and there's so many – great college players who are drafted high in the first, you know, two rounds, three rounds who never become great NFL players because it's a huge step up from, from, from being a top college player to being a top NFL player. And we just haven't seen enough of Claypool as a barrier. You also have to remember, he got here uh, just before midseason. He didn't know the system. He got hurt, you, you know? And so you can't really weigh anything off what happened last year. But I think it's a big training camp for him. And I think we're gonna find out fairly early, the first three, four, five weeks, what kind of contribution he's able to make.
1: You you mentioned Hub Hub Arkush of six seventy, the score talking bears football. Hub of course is a legend among all of us in sports media who has known pro football, the ins and outs of the league in its different eras, and you know, he has seen everything this league has offered. So hub, do you see when you see Cole Komet? And I agree with you. I think the the chemistry with Comet and Fields could be very, very special. Do you see a lot of Greg Olson in Comet, or do you think they're different players?
2: No, I think that's a reasonable comparison. I think stylistically, size, strength, athletic ability—that's uh, not a bad comparison, you know. And um, uh, here's another thing that, that we have to mention: he's going to be free after this year, <laughs> you know, and so there's a. Too. The good news is he's going to be playing for that contract, whether he signs it with the Bears or somebody else. I think he's going to have his best season as a pro, and I think that that he has Pro Bowl type talent. I know that's extreme, but but I've seen enough you know enough moments to know that 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 ability is there. And if Fields develops, if the quarterback is there for him to work with, you know it, it works both ways. It just I think Bears fans have been waiting their entire lives for a franchise quarterback. We haven't had one. And so they tend to overreact and, and, and be almost, uh, you know, they try and, you know, find ways to make Justin Fields finally the franchise quarterback. I think they're more fair to him than they probably should be and a little harder on others than they should be. And I think some media and some fans were hard on Claypool for not doing more last year, and he wasn't as, as as productive the first half of the season as he was the second half of the season. But when you go to just the athletic ability, the size, the strength, uh, the hands, the, the playmaking ability, it's there. And if he and Fields can both start to evolve together, they can become one of those important quarterback wide receiver, or not wide receiver, but uh, tight end teams that we see around the league, and it could be an exciting part of the Bears offense.
1: So, so Hub, that brings us to – The defense, and you talk to anyone that has covered football, played football at any level, high school, college, pro, they will tell you, in order to win in this league, you have to have a dominating front four. Obviously, the rest falls into place. Linebackers, you know, can you have a solid edge? Can you have, you know, stick to corners? All that good stuff, but you have to have the front four. Tell me about Gervin Dexter for a moment and what he will bring to the table.
2: Well, you know, the hope is that Gervin Dexter can become special. I don't think he's even a starter on day one. I think they stay with the veterans and the free agent acquisitions. Uh, he'll get playing time. There's no question about that. But I think it's wise to cause him to earn that starting position. He is, he's got the size. He's got great quickness. He's got uh, great use of his arms and, and hands. He was productive at times in college, not as productive as you would like. I think where they drafted him is about where he fit, you know, second half of the second round. And I think he has a chance to be a very good defensive tackle in the NFL, but he does have to, to take advantage of of that physical ability. He has to make more plays, I guess, is the bottom line. You know, it's interesting, Chuck, we got to touch on Matt Eberflus's defense and of course that's his strong point, former defensive coordinator. That's how he became the head coach of the NFL he runs his defense a little differently than most defenses around the league. And he does a lot of his pressure and his pass rush from the inside, from his tackles. He's not as worried about having the all pro edge rusher as, as some teams are desperate for. And as bears fans were hoping would be acquired this off season. And they really haven't done anything to upgrade the edge rusher position, but they have upgraded the defensive end position uh, through free agency specifically with DeMarcus Walker, who is a pretty good pass rusher. And, and so Uh, You know, and and also you had Andrew Billings, too, at defensive tackle. You know, they've got these veteran interior-type players who are going to make the front of the defense better and give Dexter time uh, to develop and hopefully become a a difference maker. But really, at this point, uh, Dexter is competing at the same position with Andrew Billings. I mean, he can play on the other side. They can bend both on the field together. Uh, I don't know. Justin Jones will be back again this year, and he's going to get a chance Uh, you know, to hold on to that position too. Um, So they've got some, some good players on the defensive line, but they have not added on defense. They went out and they got some names. They got some number ones. They haven't really done that. I think, I guess DeMarcus Walker qualifies as a number one, Um, but at the same time, there is still more talent to be acquired before the defensive line gets to where it needs to be to your point to be the focal point of this defense.
1: Hub, hold on for a moment. We're gonna bring you back for another segment. I could speak and talk about in volumes about the legacy of one Habarkush. We're gonna talk about the National Football League in a moment. And we also invite your calls, by the way, at 312-644-6767. If you want to send me a text, 312 644 6767 You want to talk. NFL, a little bit later on, we'll talk NBA, Major League Baseball, Cubs, big winners today over the Guardians, 10-1. White Sox remain on the coast. They're taking on the hapless Oakland Athletics. And, uh, again, we'll cover everything in the world of sports. We're on the air until 9 o'clock. Tyler Butteval is spinning the dials, and we'll be back with more of Hub Arkush right here on 670 the score listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is god
0: stream minor league affiliates
1: the midwest league
0: home run leader and watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on mlb big inning mlb at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month deep left field it's gonna go Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: We're back with more Chuck Swirsky on Sports Radio 670 The Score. It has been an extremely busy day in the world of sports. Always a pleasure. We appreciate the chance to talk sports with so many wonderful media people right here. We started at 6. We're on the air until 9 o'clock. Tyler Butteball spinning the dials. We'll uh, rejoin Hub Arkush in a moment. For NBA fans, once again, the uh, Bulls dip into the free agent market and take one of their very own out of Proviso East. Three years, $20 million, reportedly, as Javon Carter returns to Chicago, now in a Bulls uniform, leaving the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very good and very gifted defensive player. Can also shoot the three rock. Kobe White returns to the Bulls. Three years, $40 million. Fred Van Fleet. Gets max money with the Houston Rockets. Three years, $130 million guaranteed. Lakers retain Rui Hachimura. They also signed Gabe Vincent. They're going to bring in Cam Reddish. And that's what's going on with the Lakers as far as Milwaukee. Chris Middleton re-ups three years and $102 million. Kyrie Irving back with the Mavs. Kyle Kuzma back with the Washington Wizards. And uh, we'll have more NBA as soon as we get something fresh off the um, Twitter feed. And by the way, Draymond Green returns to Golden State and uh, Jeremy Grant with Portland five years and $160 million. Yo, know, Hub, Hub and I have been around a long time. I love Hub very, very much, both as a man, does a great job covering NFL. Hub, remember back in the day when the NFL really didn't have free agency can you imagine in today's game Walter Payton at like 26 years old and let's say the game was still the game when running backs were important and running backs were being picked number one overall in the draft but can you imagine what Walter Payton today would have made in the NFL let's say in his prime
2: yeah you know, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking and listening and thinking why couldn't we have been basketball players instead of uh, media people? You know, it's, uh, yeah, the money is pretty crazy. Walter Payton, um, you know, I got to believe you're talking, you know, 140, 150 million guaranteed. And and, and it's all relative though, because Walter was one of the highest paid players in those days. And hopefully, uh, you know, the family invested well and, and saved money. So, you know, they did fine. But yeah, it really is a different world right now and what these kids are getting paid compared to what the Hall of Famers made in their day, it's night and day, you know, and it's just uh, I, just the reality, I guess, of where we live these days.
1: Yeah, and again, I don't begrudge any of the players for making what they can, which mm-hmm. which brings me to a player hub, and we were talking Bears football before the break, folks, and we were talking about defense, and, and I want to ask you about Chase Young because the commanders decided, you know what, we're, we're, we're not picking up the fifth-year option, and we're going to see how this plays out. And he's right there, Hub. So what's preventing the Bears from going after him?
2: You know, I, I, again, I think part of it, Chuck, is the way Matt Eberflus runs his defense, and he is not as concerned, you know, about having that otherworldly type edge rusher or outside player. Uh, that said, it, this is more about Ryan Poles, and the way he is handling this rebuild. And and I think the way that he's doing it is correct. Not trying to get it all done at once. Don't give up all the money that you have. They still have, excuse me, they still have the most cap space available of any team in the league, even after all the signings that they've made. But I think he's saving some of it for next year, because he knows this is minimally a two-year plan. And and is is Chase Young going to go to, you know, the next – four Super Bowls, or, or, you know, I don't know. Um, It it certainly would be, you know, something to consider. He certainly is a great football player, and you'd love to have him, but I kind of like the way that that Poles is being patient, making sure that he saves some of the money that he has to spend, trying to find out what he's got in his youngsters first. Uh, It would be great to win, you know, 11 or 12 or 13 games this year, but it's not going to happen whether they sign Chase Young or not, you know, And, and so... Um, I I think he's just being patient, and I think it's the right way to go right now in the first year of this complete rebuild.
1: Okay. So, so Hub, before we get into maybe some of the early favorites of the 2023 season, one of the the major stories, you know, 48 hours ago with the National Football League announcing four players have been suspended for violating the league's gambling policy. And, Hub, you know and I know this has been from – Year to year to year, the NFL brings in an individual from the league office, from security, to talk about what you can and cannot do, okay? So it's right there. They bring people in. It's not like, we want you to go online, or, hey, here's a book. We want you to read it. They are face-to-face, and they are given material as well, okay? So the gambling policy, and correct me if I'm wrong, it prohibits anyone— in the National Football League, and and tell me if I'm wrong, that they really can't engage in any form of gambling in any club or league facility, right, or venue, including practice. So Mm -hmm. those players understand, here's what you cannot do. But they're doing it anyway, and they're going to get caught, okay? Big Brother is watching you. They may not think so, but they are. So what's up? I don't get it.
2: Well, I, I think the first part of the answer, Chuck, is we tend to assume because these guys are larger than life and that, you know, maybe they're different or, or smarter or, or more equipped to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, these are still 23, 24, 25, 26-year-old kids, as we were just talking about, a lot of them with, Ten, 15, thirty million dollars and, and they, like all other young people that age, no matter what line of work they're in, they assume that you know they're, they're bigger than the rules, the rules don't necessarily apply to them or it's not that big a deal or they'll get away with it and, and they just aren't mature enough or wise enough yet to the ones that aren't following the rules uh, to understand that they have to. I think the other problem, which is a bigger issue, um, uh, is that the NFL is in bed with gambling? They they now have sponsors who are these these gambling sites. You know they're making bigger deals with them all the time, and they're making more money off it all the time. We're talking about building new stadiums, you know, here in Chicago and in other places, and they're talking about you know having a a gambling uh, home, you know, on the same property. And I don't know how the NFL. On one hand, it can be in business with all of the folks that are you know, in business for gambling and making all kinds of money off it, and yet, at the same time, restricting how much their players can be involved and participate. So are you, are
1: you saying how there's a bit of hypocrisy here?
2: I think there's a lot of hypocrisy here. There's no question about it. It's the NFL owners. I'm not blaming Roger Goodell. I'm not you know, blaming coaches or, or, or GMs or anything like that. I'm blaming the owners. They want both sides of the bed. They want to make all kinds of money off of gambling, but they want to pretend that gambling isn't a huge part of the NFL and the players shouldn't be able to participate. You can't have it both ways, you know, and um, and I'm not even sure. They're not telling these players that they can't gamble. They're just saying that they can't do it on team property, you know, and uh, obviously they don't want them gambling on games that they're playing in, you know, and there there is punishment for that as well. But it's just it's a, it's a very tricky area for the league to deal with right now because we all know how many fans love to bet on the NFL and, and, and how important it is to the NFL's success. Uh, there are, I'm sure, a lot of owners who are betting on the NFL and getting away with it because they know how to cover it up. So it's just it, it's a real tricky subject for them, and, and I don't think they're doing the best job of handling it right now.
1: I think a lot of people agree with you. Hub Arkush, 670, talking football, talking Bears, talking NFL. So, Hub, the NFC North, if the season starts tomorrow with the personnel in place for every club, and again, we're we're expecting a tweak here, a tweak there, but for the most part, the rosters are set. Who do you like?
2: Well, I I don't think it's a very good division right now. I think it's going to be one of the weaker divisions in the league. Um, The team's... That people are excited about, and of course, that obviously starts with Washington because they're the defending champ in the division. Um, you know, people have gotten very negative about it, and I'm not sure why. I think a lot of people think that last year was a bit of a, a, a sideshow that maybe they weren't as good as they should have been. Uh, but I think Washington is still the best team in the division. Uh, everybody is getting very excited, you know, about Detroit, and, and, and I understand it. They were playing much better the second half of the season. I do think they will be improved. Uh, they are the biggest competition right now for Washington. And then I look at how much better are the bears going to get? Because I do think going into the season right now that I would rather have the bears roster than the Packers roster. And, and i I, I know that's, if I'm right, that's good news for bears fans. And, and that would be enough to make some bears fans happy. But I think that's a realistic evaluation of where the division is at right now. If I had to rank these teams, I'd go Washington, Detroit, the Bears, and then the Packers.
1: Yeah, you know what? How about when 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 I look at Green Bay's run? I mean, it is a tremendous run, no question about it. And you can't keep it going, you know, decade after decade. I mean, the the Aaron Rodgers run is magnificent, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I wish him well with the Jets. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that he's taking the Jets to the Super Bowl like a lot of writers are already predicting. That's not happening. I'm sorry. I, I think they'll be improved, but they're not Super Bowl material. And I do like some of the young talent with New York. But, you know, having said all this, um, I, I still believe that if if they can stay focused and uh, with Dan Campbell as the head coach, and he is very passionate, he's very over the top, and they've taken on his personality. I don't know if they can play that way week after week after week. But I do like what's happening in Detroit. Minnesota, you know what, Hub? Uh, at times, I really like them. At times, I can't stand them. So you're <laughs> right. When you look at the if Minnesota, Green Bay, Bears, everyone in you – know, I, I, I'm just looking at this division. And that's why I think the Bears have a shot. I really do.
2: I don't think there's any question about that, Chuck. It, you know, they have to be a lot better than they were last year, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen. But if it does happen and it starts to develop by the middle of the season, they do have a shot. I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if 9 or 10 wins wins that division this year. I think it's likely, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. If you look at the, and if you look at the Bears at 3-14, and 14, I can give you four games right now that they should have won Correct. and would have won. And, and, and again, I am not anti-Justin Fields. I actually am impressed by the young man. I think he has a chance to be what they hope he can be. But last year, he was not ready to be a starting quarterback yet. And those four games that I'm thinking about that they lost, that they should have won, he was the one who couldn't make the plays in the fourth quarter to win them. Now, if he, if he gets to that point early this season, which could happen, you're already talking about seven wins instead of three, and then you've only got to find three or four more. The schedule is not difficult at all this year. I mean, it's not easy, but uh, it's, it's not a tough schedule. So there's no reason not to think that the Bears have a chance. But the Bears have to improve quite a bit more than Washington or Detroit has to in order for them to be the ones that take the division.
1: Yep. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Jordan Love does. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've been waiting and we've been waiting. And understandably so, he's had to take a back seat to Rodgers. But I, the way I look at Green Bay right now, um, you know, improved defense, no doubt about that. But when I look at Green Bay at the quarterback position, if if he can't get it done, that means they're not going to win, which means they're going to get a high pick, which means in a really solid college quarterback draft, they'll probably get a very good quarterback in the draft in 2024. If Jordan Love becomes the player that Green Bay had hoped he would become, when they picked him, that it's a win-win for the Packers. So I think going in, I, I'm probably, if it started tomorrow, i will probably go with Detroit, maybe Minnesota. Um, I think the Bears could be in the 2-3 mix um, because I really think Hub, this club has improved dramatically. I mean, they've, they've taken a huge jump in terms of personnel, don't you think?
2: Yeah, no, the Bears have upgraded their talent significantly. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, one other thought on the Packers, Chuck. It's never before happened in NFL history. The Green Bay Packers, for each of the last 30 years, have had a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, and, and and that's that's been the story. There've been a lot of other great players, uh, and and you need more than just a quarterback to be a great team. But the Packers story, in particular. It's about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and, and now you look at this kid, you know, who was the first round pick three years ago and hasn't been able to get on the field. Now, you're not going to beat out Aaron Rodgers. You have to ask yourself, well, why did the Packers do that three years ago? I don't think they expected three years ago for Rodgers to be the starter, you know, for the next three seasons. I agree. Did. But also, you got to be realistic about, you know, you mentioned the Jets and Rodgers, Rodgers was not playing all that well the second half of last season. He's 39 years old. You know, you can only do this for so long. Uh, I hope that he has a great year with, with the Jets. It would be a great story. But I think it's not likely to happen. And I look at where the Packers are at, and even if this kid is their quarterback of the future, they have a lot of other areas they need to get better at best right now at wide receiver. On defense, they've got to get better up front and in the secondary and and there's not many more moves to make now between now and the start of the season it's it's going to be more you can make a couple of trades i guess but it's going to be more about the next off season for them so i think that the the packers to me look to be exactly where the bears were last year you you know and, and i think that they are fully committed to their complete rebuild by the end of this season so we'll see what happens with with the bears at the end of the day after everything we've talked about it still comes back to the same thing Justin Fields has to take a big step forward this season in order for the bears to be going in the right direction. And, and I, I think he has the ability to do it, whether he's going to get it done or not. We haven't seen it on the field yet. And so you can't predict it until we see it happen.
1: Very good. Hey hub, this has been wonderful. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, I'm going to take your drive to the league four. So I'm going to come up and see you at a bears uh, training camp day and, We'll have lunch, but uh, I'm I'm so delighted you're back Hub, and it's great hearing your voice talking NFL football.
2: Yeah, I just want to say quickly to our listeners, the reason that Chuck has been so over-the-top kind and complimentary to me, he and I have been doing this together for almost 40 years, and not just covering sports together, but, but really close friends. And, uh, you know, Chuck, it's been a blast doing this. We've got to do it more often. I will look forward to spending time at Hallis Hall. Uh, I hope the basketball season is great for you again. And uh, we'll we'll talk again real soon.
1: And, and by the way, Hub, for the record, it'll be forty-four years this October that you came on. So I
2: know I, I, I do. Well, I, I was even going to Hub. Up all the forty-four years. Give me a Shut break. Up. I was going to mention all the stations we've worked at together, but I don't want to get – No, (laughs) we
1: we want want to to stay gamefully employed here. But anyway, Hub.
2: That's that's why I stayed off those. But, yeah, we've been doing it for a while, and uh, it's it's more fun today than it was 43 years ago.
1: That's true. All right, be well, Hub. Thank you. All right, Hub Arkush, joining us to talk Bears football. All right, in a moment we're going to wrap things up. We want to hear from you in the closing few minutes. Uh, 312-644-6767. 312 644 6767. An update uh, Seth Curry, we were talking about him maybe opting for a, a Bulls contract. He gets two years with Dallas, so he returns to Dallas, where he actually played well for the Mavericks before he uh, landed in uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia and whatnot. So Seth Curry goes back to Dallas. Also, Dennis Schroeder has agreed to a two year, $26 million deal with the Raptors after Fred Van Fleet. Bolded for Houston, three years, $130 million. So Dennis Schroeder agrees to a two year, $26 million deal with the Raptors. More coming up in a moment. 312 644 67 67. This Chuck Swirsky on the score. Stay up to date. We're back with more Chuck Swirsky on Sports Radio
2: 670. The score.
1: Tyler Buterbaugh has put this show together. Tyler, major props to you. Thank so you, during Chuck. the during the break, Tyler, you said, Hey, let's take a call from Dave from Swinger, Wisconsin. And I said, What? And he goes, Yeah, Chuck, Swinger, Wisconsin. You ever heard from Swinger, Wisconsin? I said, Is this legit? What are you doing? So Dave, Dave, are you with us? I'm with you, Chuck. How you doing? Good, Dave. Listen, is there really a town in Wisconsin called Swinger, Wisconsin? It used to be such Singerville at first.
2: And yes, it's Slinger, Wisconsin. It's in Washington County.
1: All right. You know where I was last weekend in Wisconsin? Is it uh, Prairie du Chien? Is that right? Is that how you pronounce it? Y- yep, that's that's in the
2: other part of Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, a lot of cheeseheads in Wisconsin. But anyway, oh, so yeah. so what what's going on with you, David?
2: Nothing really.
1: Just hoping this is the year for the Chicago Bulls. Well, so do I. I mean, obviously, we got 82 games on this radio station. But I'll tell you what, you know, I I don't know what the future holds regarding possible deals, but I can tell you this. Javon Carter was a great pickup. Not a good pickup, a great pickup, because he loves to compete on the defensive side. He's unselfish. He can knock down a three. I, I think AK and Mark did a fantastic job getting Carter. And Chuck? Yes, sir. It, say, be sure Be sure to say hi to Bill Wennington for me. I will do that. I talked to Bill today, and uh, I will pass that along, Dave, from Swinger, Wisconsin. All right, let's go to uh, – do we have time for one more? All right, let's go to uh, Warrenville. Ray, on 670, the score. Ray, how you doing? Ray, are you with us? And Ray, out of here. All right. So, Tyler, there you go. Um, so, Tyler, what did you learn tonight listening to the show? Other than the fact you put this show together, you did a great job. But uh, are, are you are you feeling the Cubs that they're going to win the division?
2: You know what? In the fan
0: of me, I would love, love, love for them to win the division because... But,
1: but you're not buying it. You, th- you think the Brewers are going to win it, right?
0: I would have to say the Brewers. I mean, I don't know. They're not, not even convincing, either, but I would have to say the Brewers. Okay. They always come in the second uh, half. Uh,
1: I'm telling you right now. If the Cubs don't win the division, and I think they are, I hope the Reds win it. I think it's a great story. All these kids, and David Bell sent such a great managing job with that. And I, I, I mean, I just love the energy on that Reds club. And, and Joey Votto is a Hall of Fame player. I got in an argument today with a guy that I, I totally respect, and we're talking about Joey Votto. I'm telling you, Joey Votto is a Hall of Fame player i got to get off, don't I? So I'm going to say goodbye. (laughs) Sorry about that. I could talk for hours. But many thanks to uh, Tyler Buttebaugh and Ryan and Mitch. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. Many thanks to our listeners, of course, and those who appeared on the show today. One day we'll do it again. But for now, this Chuck Swirsky, always a pleasure. 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball